Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Orange County, California. Welcome to the show, Jorge Contreras. Thank you, Victor. Truly a pleasure and an honor to be here on today's show. Well, great to have you here. Now, Jorge, you've been at this game a little while, and we're going to be talking about a market that's going through a lot of transition right now. There's been a lot of change in the last 24 months. But before we do, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Absolutely. So I started buying single families in 2012, got into the short-term rental industry uh, in 2017. And uh, yeah, we do a combination of uh, purchasing real estate as well as doing some sublease and arbitrage with renters for the Airbnb. And then we also do a little bit of the management side. So yeah, that's a little bit about what I've been doing the last couple of years here. Fascinating. Now, the short-term rental market has gone through a huge transformation, certainly during the pandemic. The notion you couldn't get on an airplane and go to your favorite hotspot uh, meant that people were looking for vacation opportunities that were driving distance. And we saw an explosion in both demand and supply for short-term rentals. Now, as travel is returning, the patterns are changing yet again. And I, I know that I have a concern that many of those submarkets are actually oversupplied with short-term rental product. Are there specific markets that you go into or how do you analyze that? How do you make sure that you don't end up in that race to the bottom? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, you know, what I've been telling people just on social media is to stick to uh, primary uh, locations just because these secondary and tertiary markets are definitely struggling the most, uh, especially right now in this first quarter of 2023. And what we do is we look at MassVisor and AirDNA to look at projected revenue and occupancy. And this gives us an idea of how we could perform. Uh, that said, for anybody that does use AirDNA, they're giving you a projection based on the past 12 months of performance. And obviously the economy is very different today than it was 12 months ago. So I'm looking, whenever I look at those numbers today, I'm subtracting about 30% to get a more realistic number. And I would advise for anybody else to do the same. Certainly the market segments in a number of respects, even in a market where the occupancy is low, that can obviously have a, an impact on the average daily rate, but you can still get more than your fair share of occupancy if you have the right product in the right location, and in particular, the right reviews. We've experienced that ourselves in our own short-term rental portfolio. How are you mitigating some of those risks? Yeah. So one of the things that we do is we have a very specific business model. So we go only for single family homes, typically a three, two with at least 1100 square feet. The property must have a pool, a spa and a game room. And we want it within five miles from the downtown where the you know conventions, conferences, concerts is. And I've realized in hosting for the last six years that people stay at short-term rentals for two reasons. One, because they're going to an event and your property is in proximity. So they stay there, but they mostly, you know, just sleep and shower and then they're gone for the day. And the second reason, again, this became very popular during the pandemic is people want to create a staycation experience where they can have a great time in the home without needing to leave the home, right? There was a decrease in people traveling by plane, created an increase of people traveling by car. And so when you can hit those two areas, right, be in proximity, but also create a staycation, those properties are performing the best uh, right now. And that's one of the things that we do uh, just to mitigate risk. 
Well, I think that's a good answer. And the short-term rental business is one where, you know, there's a lot of independent landlords and the barrier to entry is low. It's just like there's in the sharing economy, there's the barrier to entry of adding another Uber or Lyft driver is virtually zero. And eventually, as more and more supply comes into the market, prices degrade to the point where everyone's suffering a tolerable level of pain, but nobody's actually making any money. And, and that is a risk in the short-term rental business. So how do you advise clients to be differentiated in the market so that they're not a commodity, so that they can actually have something that it's not that race to the bottom? Yeah, you know, I was at a, at a conference uh, just, just this past week, and one of the speakers said that there's no competition at the top and all the competition is at the bottom. <laughs> and so in a similar way, people... You know, the thing about, you know, Uber, right, because that, that is a great comparison is there's they don't really have to put up any money other than having a vehicle that works and it passes all the inspection points. But with short-term rentals, um, if somebody was going for a studio or an apartment, the barrier is very low, right? They could put everything on a credit card, do a cash advance, pay for the first month and deposit. The properties that we go for are, again, only the best primary location, single family homes that have a lot of square footage the pools, the spas, the jacuzzis. And so for us to launch one of those, it takes anywhere from like twenty to $30,000. And I think by going after these specific types of properties and these specific type of markets, the barrier to entry is, is more challenging than these smaller units. Everything that, like, I don't have any apartments. I don't have any studios. So I think in the niche that we are in, there's more opportunity. And on top of that, 80% of short-term rentals in the whole world host anywhere from one to four people. The properties that we go after host eight to 12 people. So it's a slightly different niche. And I believe that um, more of the saturated properties are those smaller units that host like one to four people. So that's one of the things that uh, that has helped us. I think that's a very important differentiation because if you think about a family of four or five or six traveling, now you're into three, four, and five hotel rooms sometimes, and exactly. that can be extremely costly. It's not a great family experience because you're maybe not next to each other. You're on different floors. Uh, it becomes an issue from a supervision perspective and all the rest. So a single-family home in the short-term rental business is really the only viable option for a family traveling that way. And it doesn't matter whether you're traveling by car or by plane, you're still looking for that kind of an experience. Yeah, I agree. So I always say we're able to provide a better experience at a fraction of the cost because you're absolutely right, Victor. If they're booking three rooms and each room's 300 plus the 22 or 21% occupancy, they're looking at like twelve to $1,500 a night. I can put them in a single family home for four or $500 a night and they can all be together in the three, four or five bedroom home. And they're cooking home cooked meals and not eating restaurants and all of the rest. Exactly. And they can park in a driveway. It's just, again, better experience at a fraction of the cost. So this niche has been you know, working really good for us. There's a theory in real estate that says if you're acquiring a property in many markets, especially primary markets, you want transit oriented. So that, for example, you want to be walking distance to public transit, walking distance to a subway stop and so on. And the value of real estate, if you plot a graph of real estate value as a function of distance from public transit, there's a very strong, very clear correlation in, in those primary markets. To what an extent is that factored into your thinking at all? 
Yeah. So yeah, like, like I mentioned earlier, when one of the things I look at when I find a property to purchase or to sublease is I go on Google Maps and I put from this address to downtown and the closer it is, the better. Like if I can be in one to three miles, that's perfect because I know some people could, you know, ride a bike, take the bus or just take an Uber. And the the further away they are from those main areas, right? Um, the the less the occupancy and the less you can charge. And I like I'm the type of client when I stay at a hotel or at an Airbnb, I rather pay more to be in close proximity because I value my time. And those are the types of clientele that we want to attract into our short-term rental. So yes, we absolutely look at how far it is, right? At the most, five miles is like the max. But again, that one to three mile ranges is the perfect. I love it. I believe in the short-term rental business, professional management is extremely important. And it's not one size fits all, both in terms of the level of service that that management provides. And for that matter, the cost, the range of cost as a percentage of revenue also varies widely. Where do you counsel your clients to be in that spectrum? Where's the sweet spot? As far as the management, right? Yes. Yeah. I tell my clients and just followers on social media to not work with any large management companies just because they have a lot of overhead and a lot of costs. So everything that I uh, preach is to build an in-house team. And typically that goes, uh, for example, I hired my best friend that I've known for over 20 years, who's very integrator, like operation, structure, detail, love spreadsheets. And I hired him and I will pay him about $400 a month per property as a fixed fee to do everything and anything that requires somebody in person to oversee management, uh, maintenance, communication, uh, the cleaning team. And this way I could, you know, make it hands off for me. And that is way more affordable rather than paying 20 to 35% of gross revenue, which in my case, like we, we profit, we're at a 30% net profit. So if I paid a manager 30%, I'd be breaking even, you know, I would be only, I would be in this only for appreciation and no cash flow. And that doesn't make sense for a lot of my students. They're just getting started. So for them, the the biggest focus in, uh, that they have is is the cash flow because they want to replace their nine to five. So I always tell them to build an in-house team. Very interesting. The other area where I see a lot of hosts cut corners is on the finishes, on the furnishings and so on. And in our experience, we found that delivering a four-star hotel type experience, including the most expensive king-size mattress money can buy, goes a long way towards delivering that five-star review that says, oh, this was the most comfortable bed ever, which especially in a market where there might be some vacancy, that review can make all the difference between someone choosing your property versus the next one. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, typically I I you know when I first started 6 years ago and I was in a low budget, I would go on OfferUp and Facebook Marketplace and b- I even bought a little 1997 Toyota Tacoma and I would pick up all this used furniture, thought it was going to save me money, ended up costing me a lot of money. So now because of the types of properties with the types of amenities that we go for, we only go for like top-notch everything. Again, it ends up it costs us more money, but we end up making it back and it just makes a lot more sense. Absolutely. That's been our experience as well. Well, Jorge, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? They can connect with me on Instagram. My handle is at uh, the T-H-E Jorge Contreras. Fabulous. Well, Jorge, love the perspective. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Jorge 
on Instagram at the Jorge Contreras. The link will be in the show notes. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.